Hello everyone, Josh here with a very quick disclaimer. We mentioned the Telluride Film Festival throughout this episode, which happens to be incorrect. These events actually took place at the Venice Film Festival, which was happening simultaneously, and that is how my wires got crossed. So, anytime you hear Telluride, we are actually talking about Venice. Alright, now on to the episode. This is Pixel Splitters. Your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. It's Chris Pine. Who has a beef with Chris Pine? Like And Willis. Let's talk about Better Call Saul because I don't want to talk about it. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Pixel Splitters, your favorite podcast. That's in the opening. I don't need to say that. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> this Reminding week, everyone. Just so you know, this is your favorite podcast. This is the one um, you're listening to. <laughs> this is what you're actively listening to. <laughs> this is your favorite podcast that you're currently listening to. Exactly. Um, this week, we're going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about the Rousseau brothers. Yes. And what they're doing, um, what they're they being allowed new, to do, what they're being allowed to do is the phrasing. They are making a show for Amazon called Citadel and it's a lot. It's we're definitely also, a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're also gonna talk about the Emmys yeah, uh, and the nominations and whatnot. Uh, the Emmys are Monday, mm-hmm. the 12th of September. Um, so set your TiVos. Sure. Sure. If you yeah. still have them. Nice timely reference there. Yep. <laughs> uh and we're gonna close it out by talking about Telluride and yes. the Telluride Film Festival. Um lots going on. Uh yeah. there. Um Yeah. We'll we'll say but that. we'll get into it. I'm sure <laughs> you've seen something uh if you are in the film industry at all. If you've been on Twitter You've seen something. Something you've seen something coming out of Telluride. So we're going to talk about that and what that means uh, for a couple movies, and yeah, we're going to yeah. go from there. But before we do that, Josh, do you want to do weekly releases? Do you do weekly releases before or after the break? I do them bef- before. Before, yeah, the okay. break. I know. I've never had to think about that before. So I've never either. I, I just went. <laughs> I literally just went. Wait, do I go to the? the queue or do we guys yeah. it's only episode 66 we, we don't have this worked out yet we're we still new at this we're not yeah. sure um but yes i'll do weekly weekly releases we've got a couple things coming to theaters this week guys i know last week was like a kind of a non week although jaws was in theaters so if you didn't go see jaws and imax don't know what to tell you that's pretty you. cool um did you go to the theater for three dollar theater day I did, although I didn't spend $3. I did my AMC Stubbs Pass, and Jaws was uh, amazing, except for there was a family sitting behind me with four young kids, and they talked full volume the whole time, so that sucked. That sounds but, less amazing. But the the experience of seeing Jaws is amazing. Um, sure. But regardless, this, I guess tomorrow, September 9th, we got two movies premiering. One I'm extremely, extremely excited about called Barbarian, which... Mm-hmm. No one's been able to tell me anything about except for that you have to go see this in a theater and that you've got to go see it with a packed theater and to not look up anything that about what this film is really truly about. I'll give you a very, very 
quick synopsis of what I've gathered. Basically, a young woman like books an Airbnb, gets there, somebody's in the Airbnb. They have kind of a, oh, you know, that's kind of weird. That's kind of funny. Oh, you can stay or not. You know, it is what it is. She stays and things get like messed up. I don't know in what way she finds something in the basement. People are saying like this, uh, people like Edgar Wright are saying like, go, this is insane. Like this is one of the most insane horror movies I've ever seen. Right. So I trust Edgar Wright. So, um, <laughs> the star is uh, Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, Justin Long, very odd casting, but I'm down. I think it's going to be great. I will say, I hope Justin Long just kind of settles into this. I'm going to just be in a movie every now and then. Yes. Like, I don't need like a, uh, I don't need another leading role from Justin Long, but just pop in everywhere and be weirdly out of character. Exactly. And for some reason, I don't know what it is about Justin Long, but like he does the weird horror thing. Like he was in Jeepers Creepers. He was in Mm -hmm. Tusk. Like he's, he's in the weird horror movies. So um, he does it well. He does it well. And I'm in, I'm all in. Uh, the other movie coming out is a movie called Medieval, starring Ben Foster and Michael Caine. Yes. Uh, I don't know much about this, but the the synopsis is the story of 15th century century Czech icon and warlord Jan Ziska, who defeated armies of the Teutonic Order and the Holy Roman Empire. Totally. I, I love Ben Foster. Love Michael Caine. Let's do it, I guess. I don't know. Seems like yeah. a writ, something Ridley Scott might make, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, made by Peter J- Jackal. Jackal, yeah. yeah. Peter with no uh, E, yeah. <laughs> Peter with no E, yeah. Who you know from like a bunch of random actor credits. Um, yeah. But like nothing really of any. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he was in Triple X, he was in Eurotrip, he was in Alien versus Predator. So. You know. Um, <laughs> And this is his first hand at uh, directing. So I don't know. I haven't even really like heard of this. Me neither. uh, But, you know, again, love me some Ben Foster. Ben Foster's amazing. Michael Caine is amazing as well. So let's 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 see. I don't know. Something to go see in a theater. That's also premiering tomorrow. Uh, And as for streaming, the only thing that I just have to mention, because I was a huge fan of the original of this, which was Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments, which I watched on repeat when I was a kid. It was it was really awesome. Basically, it's like a compilation of a bunch of actors and filmmakers coming in and talking about iconic, scary scenes and what made them great. It's amazing. And they're bringing it back. And not only are they bringing it back, they're bringing it back on Shudder. They brought it back. Uh, yesterday actually which with 101 scariest movie moments of all time i can't wait i mean this is where i learned about like tom savini and rob botin and like Mm -hmm. hearing peter jackson talk about his early films and hearing romero talk about his movie like it's 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 an awesome series so if you want to watch it i it's on youtube i think all the parts are on there but it's back guys and i'm ready to listen to more of like icons talk about horror movies it's amazing so so that's what's coming oh. this week. And let's, without further ado, get on into this episode here. There it is. There's the proper transition. There it is. <laughs> so the Russo brothers are at it again. <laughs> that's an um, understatement. Yes. Which, yeah, I think this is the first of many times I'm going to be going. The Russo brothers are at it again. But uh, they have a new show coming out on Amazon called Citadel. Mm-hmm. That was pretty expensive. 
to begin with and yeah. now seems to just be going higher and higher yes for reasons like kind of known but also why any show is costing this much money yeah is kind of astounding i i, I understand it when it comes to lord of the rings and game of thrones sort of from like a vfx and set design yeah standpoint well but, and i mean lord of the rings i think it was like a quarter of a billion of that was like rights. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like that, that was up there to begin with, but yeah, for an unknown property from two very well-known guys, I mean, I guess, Mm -hmm. is it just Amazon writing checks these days? I mean, they definitely have the capital to just throw things around. I mean, like, I don't want to say they're becoming the new Netflix because their hit rate is higher. Like a lot of their mm-hmm. shows, especially their original programming, is pretty good. But Netflix started out like that too, where there was like, yeah. oh, Orange is the New Black and House of Cards. Big money. Can big we money, do big better? Money. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it's interesting. So the, the name of the show is Citadel, yeah. which <laughs> seems to be like a spy show. Tell me if this sounds familiar. A spy show <laughs> where spies from key countries come together for the ultimate mission, you know, where it, it just makes me like, yeah, where characters gag. from different areas come together to form a team to take on the big threats when no one else, yeah, it like it's exactly what you would expect. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, if, it would be cool if we could get the Russo brothers from that. How much do they cost? Oh, that's like cheap, you know. Um, Right, right. <laughs> so I don't. So here's here's the question, I guess. Like, so we got the Gray Man, which I don't remember what the budget was on the Gray Man, but it was like it was over two hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it was big, and the Gray Man was like fine. Yeah. Do the Russos just need like a cap, dude? <laughs> Because like so. they're just gonna they're just gonna keep going like well no we we need more money right you know what I mean and they're at a status where they're like people are gonna be like okay right write the check you know no one's you gonna say Endgame. no to the Russo brothers right now because they made Infinity War and Endgame and Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Winter Soldier yeah like um <laughs> and Captain America Civil War yeah but like, like the best Marvel movies <laughs> um and like all I believe. I believe, I don't know about Winter Soldier, but I believe all four of those broke a billion dollars. Oh, definitely. Um, so, yeah, like, they're going to get a blank check wherever they go, especially Amazon. Yeah. Um, But, like, I guess, like, what I'm getting, like, do you think if they ha- if they were capped, if they were like, you can spend $150 million on it, which is an absurd statement to begin with. Yeah. But if like, you can only spend. I'll bring it down. You can spend $100 million on yeah. this series. Do you think that's going to make them make the content better or you think it's going to shoot them in the like in the kneecaps and they're just not going to be able to do it anymore? Well, so the thing that I've learned about the Russos and this was blatantly obvious in the Gray Man mm-hmm. is that they don't shoot in a way that leaves their hands tied. They shoot everything wide open so that not not like aperture wise, but like, you know, <laughs> they shoot everything in a way where they can fix it, quote unquote, later. Yeah. I saw it in the Gray Man. You definitely see it all over all the Avengers movies because it's mm-hmm. a CGI fest. But they're very much in the VFX 
we can fix this later, which is why a lot of this stuff costs so much because they're paying 10 VFX houses to work overtime for four months. That's why this stuff costs that much. Like, these guys are creative guys. I don't understand why, and they didn't used to. Like, they came from sitcoms. They came from, here's here's $10,000. Make a really good episode. Well, that's low, but you know what I'm saying. Like, they weren't playing with millions of dollars when they were on Arrested Development. That's like, you know, multicam or maybe even single cam just in some house somewhere. So I think that they, I mean, they got comfortable. If you kneecapped them with like, like, let's say less, let's say $50 million. Like that's more than most filmmakers get to make anything. If you you gave them $50 million, I think they could come back with something really quality. Yeah. I I think their heads in, well, we can have $400 million. Do you think they could now? Or do you think like, do you think they're too deep into the huge budget stuff that like, like, let's not even frame it like this way. Like, if they went back and they were like, we're going to make a small drama piece, mm-hmm. do you think they could pull it off for $10 million? No VFX, no, no. Like, I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know that they're still in that. Because, like, you think of, yeah. like, Cherry, yeah. you know, which was kind of, like, that kind of thing, but still had, like, a massive budget. Yeah, starring Tom Holland. And wasn't that... Good. Like, that was the... Th- you're right. You're totally yeah. right. Because that movie, like, isn't 40 million good. for Cherry. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that's the example. You know what I think it is? I think they need to get out of their own way when it comes to what their intention is behind these movies. Because when you look at The Gray Man, that's pure tune out, watch a bunch of, like, yeah pretty lights on the screen. And yeah. I think that's what they're doing now, which I don't. Well, and it sounds like what Citadel is kind of gearing yes. up for, like just from the the brief like synopsis that I read there. This seems like something that Amazon is going. Let's build a massive IP franchise out of this. Right. Right. You know, um, and I'm let's like, go on for six, seven seasons. And yeah, it's called know. a global event series. Yeah. Whatever that's supposed to like, yeah. like, come on, guys. Um, yeah. So I think that this is the closest we've ever come to seeing somebody have free reign when it comes to Mm -hmm. like a budget and just complete creative control. And like, here you go. Like who's given, who's been given complete creative control and the desire to just spend money. True. True. Cause you know, like I'm sure like Edgar Wright gets, you know, complete creative control over last night in Soho and stuff like that. But he's not like, you know what I need? A scene in space yeah. for $200 million. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I think with the Marvel movies, they're, the way that they create things, what like, changed completely. Where they're like, we don't, this doesn't have to be, like, substance doesn't have to really be here. Yeah. Like, as long as it gives people the, oh my goodness moment, where, like, you're just kind of forgetting about everything, because that's what they excel. I was rewatching Infinity War a couple of days ago, and, like, that's not an amazing film, but the, the scenes where you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. When, like, the when Spider-Man shows things, up, yeah. and you're like, mm, that's They're pretty good at cool. the big moments. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe they're only good at the big moments now. Maybe that's yeah. the only thing they can do. Well, and it's it, like the, the qualifier to put in here that's interesting is like for what they direct. Yeah. But like, like they produced everything everywhere. They I know. still have that instinct 
to I know to some degree. But I feel like for me, they they've just hit this point that they're like, when we direct something, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna mm-hmm. be spectacle. It's gonna be CG heavy, and it's just gonna blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. To which I'm like, that's. It's gonna turn into a thing where every time I see a new thing from the Russo brothers, which, like, looking at their IMDb, you know, they also have something called the Electric State coming. Is that a show or a movie? Um, with, it's a movie with <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh God. <laughs> Uh, the electric state, an orphan teenager traverses the American West with a sweet but mysterious robot and eccentric drifter in search of her younger brother. Ready for the cast? Millie Bobby Brown, Chris Pratt, Michelle Yeoh, Stanley Tucci, Jenny Slate, Brian Cox, Jason Alexander, and Martin Kleba. So, like, everyone. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> written by everyone Christopher Marcus, like, the same guy who did all of the... Um, all of Captain the America things. Yeah, Marcus yeah. and McFeely who did all yeah. of yeah, yeah. Um which is so it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same huge huge budget kind of thing. And, and I'm the like, same dialogue and the same tone and and I feel like it's just going to turn into me going like, "All right, let's see where the money went in this." Mhm. Which right. is not a great idea for not a great space for a couple of filmmakers if they're like, "Oh, let's see how they spent their money this time." I'm like I don't know. It's a no, weird thing for me. If the headline is the budget, you've screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like the headline should not exactly. be this. The Russos are making a four hundred or two hundred fifty million dollars show. It should be the Russos are making like a mind-boggling, amazing show starring this person. Not look at the yeah. look at the scope and like budget on this thing. Like I feel like that already, and that's the end. And I like it. That right there actually is part of the big issue because like we talk all the time about movies and everything's about profit, but like yeah. that's not even about profit. That's just being like, look at how big my wallet is and look yeah. how much we can do I mean, with it. Yeah. It, it's definitely Amazon boasting to a degree and yeah. like not for nothing, but it does sound like there was a ton of like conflict and controversy Yeah, in the production of Citadel. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. It like it, uh, it still leaves a weird taste in my mouth when it comes to, yeah, uh, the Russo brothers these days. You make Endgame one time and you get blank checks for the rest of your career. Meanwhile, yeah. Robert Eggers Which, like, has to like struggle yeah. to to fund the Northmen, and I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Come on, man. It's tough. It's weird. Like, what? <laughs> um, I don't know. Not the last we'll hear from the Russos. I mean, every nope. week, I, not every week, but every month, there's something else about they're them. They're gonna be around forever. I know. They're gonna be. They're gonna be those ones where we're like, can't believe the Russos are still making movies. They're 88. Yep. Like, yep. Crazy. Yes. Is this the generation of filmmakers? Like, like, is this what's that gonna lasts? stand the test of time? Like, will we remember Ari Aster in 80 years? Will we remember, you know, like the Daniels? I mean, <laughs> it's like... Greta Gerwig? Uh, like, like if you look at, and we're getting away from it here, but like, look at who we we have now. Like, Ridley Scott in, in doing stuff in the 80s. Steven Spielberg doing stuff in the 70s. Like Clint. Clint, you know, doing everything for the last 90 <laughs> years. Uh, you know, it's like the... I feel like Ridley Scott's like an interesting example because like, yeah, he was always doing big budget stuff. True. 
not runaway budget stuff, but like, sure. But then you can't, I, I feel like you can't compare the Russo brothers in terms of overall talent to really Scott. That's an absurd. No statement. way. No uh, way. You can't really compare them to anyone else who's been given this kind of just go with the, go with it. You know, I yeah. mean, Paul W.S. Anderson's the only guy that I'm like, he was given a lot of power for seemingly no reason for like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. And the Russos are better than Paul W.S. Anderson, but like not he's they're way closer to, to that to him than they are Ridley Scott. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll we'll have to keep tabs on these two incredibly high profile filmmakers. <laughs> I I feel like we need to like qualify <laughs> I don't know why. I just in my head, Paul W. S. Anderson of like uh, Resident Evil and um, yeah, Event Horizon and Event Horizon, Alien and not not, not um, PTA Anderson or Wes Anderson or no 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 very, no, no very specific <laughs> calibers of filmmaker going on here. Yes, it's um, the other Anderson. Because <laughs> it, it took me a second to go. Oh wait, PT Anderson? What are you talking about, Terry? And I'm like, no, but yeah, yes, no, not not <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson, the absolute lord. Yes. No. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't have any transition here, so let's talk about the Emmys. Let's do it, because we, um, we've been talking about that. We need to talk about the Emmys for weeks, so here yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah, because the, the Emmys are coming, y'all. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go through like the whole list here because, and this is the first thing I guess I'll say, is holy fuck, do the Emmys get into very specific nominations? Yeah, the categories are like are 90 very, categories. Yeah, like... Outstanding production design for a narrative period or fantasy program one hour or more. I'm like, that is like specific AF. Like, yeah, we're going timing wise. Like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Um. So lots of Emmys that are given out. And not to yeah. mention the fact that there's like the primetime Emmys, the daytime Emmys. Like, anyway. Yeah. So I want to touch on a couple of the bigger things. Okay. And just kind of talk about like, well, let's start here. Like. Why do the Emmys not mean as much to me as the Oscars? There's a there's a legacy well, how much thing does the going Oscars on mean here to you these days. Well, this is the thing. Like, there's a whole legacy go- thing going on with the Oscars, but like, I'm never gonna not watch the Oscars. I yeah. don't know if we didn't do this podcast. I don't know that I'd even know that the Emmys were coming. I feel I like I see. I oh, they 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 won. Yeah, but some of the stuff that's nominated here is amazing, and I'm like, yeah. I have way more of a relationship to than like the movies that are getting nominated for Oscars. Mm. Like based on the stuff that I actually watch, I should be way more into the Emmys than I am the Oscars. I gotcha. So nominated for best drama series, we've got Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozarks, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, and Yellow Jackets. Bangers, all of them. Okay, so save for... Much to my wife's chagrin, saved for Yellow Jackets and Euphoria. I've watched all those shows. Yeah. Like, how many times have you listened to the Oscar nominations and you're like, I don't know. I haven't heard any of these. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, these are way more pertinent to my general understanding. But I'm like, I'm going to watch the Oscars. I might watch the Emmys. I haven't even figured out, like, when they're on. How do I watch? I have no idea. Right, I have no idea either, and that's really interesting. I never I mean, really thought on, about that. They're on Monday on NBC, like sure, Monday, September twelfth. Sure. Yeah, you know. but like yeah. streaming, like you know, if you don't have 
Peacock or whatever, you know, like, yeah. um, yeah. Also I streaming mean, on Peacock starting at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So, you know, so eight. Okay. So eight. Yeah. <laughs> weird that it's listed as 5 p.m. Pacific. Right. Weird, weird flex Emmys, but sure. But yeah. Why do you think? Yeah. You know, I don't really know. The, the one thing I will say is that like, I think this is, for me at least, this is a rollover from when TV didn't mean as much as movies yeah. did, which which like the turnover was pretty quick within the last decade, you know, like yeah. once people started seeing like Breaking Bad and like, it was yeah. even after The Sopranos where people were like, oh wait, no, this stuff is really good. I think it was the Breaking Bad House of Cards like era. Yeah. And um when TV started being really fucking good. Actually really good. Yeah. And filmmakers were like taking their time with what they were doing. Um, So I think it's a little bit of that holdover because for me, it's the same thing where I'm like, I watch, but maybe it's the fact that like, I watch a lot of these shows, but like they don't, it, it, it's such an elongated thing where like mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, shows will last for five seasons, whereas a movie's like one yeah. and done. Like you're done, you understand it, you know what it's about, you can kind of judge it on that merit versus yeah. like, okay, now I need to sit here and watch an entire sh- season or multiple seasons of this show to get a grasp. Because yeah. um, that's one of the just things ended for after, me. I think, five seasons. Yeah. Right, exactly. Because like I was going through this, I'm like, yeah, I've started Euphoria, started Yellow Jackets, I started Severance, I started We Own This City, started Our Flag Means Death started succession didn't finish any of them not because they're not good i just was like this is too much of a commitment for me because there's 45 other shows on the list exactly and they're not easy watches for tv it's like i'm i want something that i can be in and out done and not be like i need to watch the next one yeah but i don't for you i don't know like i don't know like what Like what the I mean, heck? I'm like, just posing the question. Like it doesn't have to be I know. Like, related to me. I'm just like But that's like to, I think a lot of people are in this situation where they're like the Oscars seems like a much more prestigious type of ceremony. Where like and this is what you work towards. Right. But there why? is no there is no daytime Oscars. Sure, sure. You know. There's no like there it is more the Oscars are more prestigious. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is like the fact that I'm having this conflict internally is the beginning of like a shift. Not that I'm like a trendsetter or anything, but (laughs) the beginning of like a shift of mindset of like, you know what? I do have way more of an association with what is going to be honored at the Emmys, Mm. you know? Yeah. Like I do. I mean, like even I go down the lists and I'm like, I have opinions on a lot of this already. Yeah. Like lead actor in a comedy series, Donald Glover, Atlanta, Bill Hader, Barry, Nicholas Holt and the great Steve Martin and Martin Short and only murders in the building and Jason mm-hmm. Sudeikis, Ted Lasso. Yeah. I have opinions on the, I, those. I think I've seen. I haven't watched the great, but like I've watched the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> and like I'm like, and they're all I'm, good. Yeah. And, and, but I have them like, oh, man, like I'm sitting here. I'm like, are Steve Martin and Martin Short splitting their vote? Like, is it going to, you know, right. do one of them deserve it? And that but they're not going to get like I'm. Getting into it over here. Maybe it's because you can win multiple times for the same thing. Uh, this just came to me where I'm like, you, Steve Martin could win if if only Murders is on for ten years, he could win ten times. Versus like Francis McDormand can only win once for Nomadland. For you Nomadland, know? 
maybe that's what that's it is where it's like question. you have one shot and maybe you never get nominated for another academy award but if succession gets nominated for an emmy the first year it will get nominated for the second season like guaranteed you know well so you saying that brings up another thing in my head that i'm like are the emmys less about winning and more about the continued nomination because euphoria is all over this i've never watched euphoria but i am renewed in my belief that euphoria is a show worth watching every time i see it rake up you know six seven emmy nominations right like i kind of trust that metric as being like this is a good show and i'm like when i look at this list i'm like i don't really care if euphoria is gonna win the yeah. Emmy because it's a fucking Emmy, which like yeah. we can dive into that mentality in a second. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, oh, but like they're still saying Euphoria is a show worth watching. Right. You know what I mean? Like if if next year we come in and Euphoria is not there, I'm like, oh, eh, something happened. Something happened with Euphoria. Right. Because uh, that was the thing. I mean, like the Sopranos. I mean, I'm not like don't fact check me on this because I'm <laughs> elaborating to prove a point. But like. I believe the Sopranos was always or Game of Thrones is a better Game of Thrones always on the Emmys list because Game of yes. Thrones was Game of Thrones in its last season nominated because like, I don't know. It's a weird. It is weird, but it's see, this is what I was talking about before where the lines are blurring between TV and movies where the quality has gone. They're basically the same quality now, like a really good movie is the same quality as a really good show yeah. in terms of story, production value, and acting. Like, there's yeah. no there's no difference there now. Lord of the um, Rings is a good example of that, which we'll get into on... You know, shameless promo, which we'll get into yes. on Tuned In on Sunday. Exactly, uh, so come back. Um, <laughs> so, I'm not sure where I was going with that specifically, but, like, I think we're going to start paying attention more and more to the Emmys as... yeah things just continue to get better because you look at again you look at the whole slate of best dramas and best comedies amazing across the board like truly amazing shows across the board and they're noisy they're not the they they go for the the shows that everybody watches like they don't do i love drive my car nobody's mm-hmm. seen drive my car that's like that's true. the thing no and not many people are willing to take the time Everyone's seen Euphoria. Everyone's seen Barry. Everyone's seen Succession. You know, yeah. quote unquote, everyone. But it's widely accessible. It's and it's the big. I mean, like the the note here is Abbott Elementary. I think in comedy series, which yeah. is are like a great show, amazing, hilarious. Um, but like is also kind of what what am I what am I trying to frame here? Like. It's easily accessible. It's not some obscure, like, sitcom. Like, because yeah. I don't know if you get obscure sitcoms. I don't think, not ones that break the mold and break yeah. into, like, the general public, you know? Yeah. Which is what you look for with these things. With the Oscars, it's like, yeah, you can have movies that no one's heard of because it doesn't matter. It's it's like who campaigned to have their movie up here, yeah. you know? I also, mm. I, have, I have hot take from... Jess Willis in the next room. Uh, yeah. It also seems rigged because no matter what, the last season will always win. Mm. Did Game of so, Thrones win? I don't know last... if Game of Thrones won, but like looking at the list of drama series, again, to say Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, Yellow Jackets. 
I look at that list and I'm like, yeah, Ozark and Better Call Saul have a higher probability of winning this year, regardless of their quality versus like Euphoria or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, yeah, like I feel like Ozark, well, let's talk about Better Call Saul because I don't want to talk about Ozark. But I feel like, you know, Better Call Saul in the, like this is its last year to have an Emmy. Yeah. And it's its final season. And like there's all this like here you go, which is like kind of the prestige that we're talking about. Exactly. With the Oscars of like here's the one chance like has more of a more of a chance. Right. And Thrones did win in its final and worst season. So that's yes. There's something to that. Yeah. There's, there's something, something there. Where you're like, they'll never get another chance again. And not saying that like these filmmakers or these actors won't get a chance again, but like this show, they'll never get a chance to win again for this show. Yeah. Which is true. Mm, there's something there. Yeah. There's something there's, there. Because then you see like with the Oscars, you see people like Meryl Streep get nominated 30 times and only win a handful of times, you know? Yeah. Because they're like... This person is so prolific and so good that we don't have to give her one now. She'll be up for another one shortly, you know, which doesn't happen all the time with actors like flash in the pan happens all the time. That's really interesting. It's like it's 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 the same kind of qualification as the posthumous Oscar. Yes. Which Chadwick also won for what if which I was like also a note from my lovely wife in the other room. Yes. Um, there's one yes. other thing I want to bring up that I find very interesting. Um, sure. So the lead actor in a drama series, mm-hmm. a very interesting list of people. So we have Jason Bateman for Ozark, Brian Cox for Succession, uh, Lee Jun Jae, I believe, uh, for Squid mm-hmm. Game, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Adam Scott for Severance, and Jeremy Strong for Succession. Mm-hmm. Lots of comedy actors in there. Yes. Jason Bateman, Bob Odenkirk, and Adam Scott are up for Emmys for, for lead dramas. actor in a drama series. That's insane. Is that like the comedy movie or the comedy show sitcom is dead? So like they got to go somewhere? Well, I will say a lot of these guys, Bob Odenkirk kind of as an outlier, Bateman and um, Scott, wait, Adam Scott. Yeah, Adam Scott. Was Bill Hader up there too? Bill Hader did not get nominated for well, that would be Barry would be a comedy. Oh, that's true. That's true. Even though he was yeah. he was nominated for lead actor in a comedy series. Gotcha. Okay. Which is the one well, I read earlier. So with at least Bateman and Adam Scott, I know that they did comedy because they were good at it, not because they wanted to. And so like they're that's why they've pivoted. Like Adam Scott was like, I was in Step Brothers because like they wanted me to be and I'm not a comedian. Like I'm just yeah. not. Yet he's in all these comic roles. And so yeah, I think and then now he he's party like, down and they went, yeah. Oh. And then parks yeah. and rec. And you're like, Oh, these guys hilarious, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think like that is a kind of a gateway for a lot of these actors just to get into something. And then they show what they're made of later. Bob Odenkirk, like, I mean, Bob Odenkirk, like, a legendary yeah. Bob Odenkirk kind of came into breaking bad as like, I hear I'm going to play this hilarious character. Yeah. And then it turned into a six season arc in its own show. But I don't even know if he knew he had that in him, honestly. Yeah. And then it became something else. So, that's it became, really, let's be real, the role of his career. Literally, yes. Um, um, that's I don't, so interesting wild. stuff. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna watch the Emmys, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Well, it's interesting. the The other thing I want to point out is, um, they made a qualifier of if you are if you put your movie 
up for an Oscar, mm-hmm. it cannot win an Emmy, which is a new rule this year. Uh, it's a, making a very clear delineation between TV movie and movie movie, which I guess was a thing that happened with a lot of documentary series. If they didn't get an Oscar nod, they can release it, you know, either on television or on a streaming platform and potentially win an Emmy for it. But that, no, no more. Interesting. So they're really like, there's lines on the ground now. It's very much not <laughs> movies. I mean, there is like the um, the TV movie category, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, looking through what the list here. What does that even mean? The television movie nominees are Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers from Disney Plus, mm-hmm. Ray Donovan, the movie, pretty much a TV movie. Okay. Uh, Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon, TV Jesus. movie. Uh, the Survivor, which I don't know what that is, and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas, also based off of a TV show. Like, so it's an interesting division there. I would bet. I don't know what the Survivor is, but I would bet it falls into a similar kind of. I don't know if it's based on another show, but like, yeah, interesting. That is interesting. I mean, again, as as these things kind of blend together into one medium, it's going to be intriguing to see how they deal with this because the quality shifts are yeah. going down and what is and isn't a miniseries versus a TV show versus a movie is becoming yeah. like a real conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a shift. We're, we're in a shift. Um, yes. At least I internally am. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, let's talk about Telluride. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to let you take the lead on this, Josh, because I feel like you've been following it a little closer than I have, but uh, I still have thoughts. So, Absolutely. So the Telluride Film Festival was this past week, um, which I got to go to another film festival soon. It's been a minute. And they're fun. They're really fun. They're also expensive. So that's one reason. Um, I feel like we should do like a Pixel Splitters goes to like the Boston Film Festival or something. That'd be pretty dope. Yes, and then we just be, do a megapixels on that. Yes, yeah, that'd be Absol- a cool variation. I'm on, Absolutely. I'm on <laughs> so teaser for sometime in the future. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Google's so tell you, Ryan, Boston Film Festival. <laughs> I don't even like who knows. Um, but yeah, so one of the bigger film festivals, one of the noisier film festivals, uh, happened this past week. A couple things were premiered. A lot of things were said. A lot of people were there. What? Sorry, pause. It's in two weeks. <laughs> it's <laughs> September 22nd to 26th. <laughs> we could have done it. <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> next year, guys. Next year. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to Cannes next year. Um, yes. Yes. Sorry. Continue. But yeah, so there was a lot of things that happened throughout Telluride, although everything was overshadowed by two Two main things that we're going to talk about today. A uh, positive the first one, and a negative. Exactly. A positive and a negative. We're going to talk about the positive first because I love this. I loved this story. I loved the clip and I love this person. Um, so as you all know, we've, or as you may not know, we've talked about it before, but Darren Aronofsky, beloved and maligned filmmaker by depending on who you are, yeah. uh, is has a new film coming out called The Whale starring... One of our favorites, one of America's favorites, Brendan Fraser. Yes. Um, who has been in a bit of a slump recently, not necessarily his own doing. Uh, 
and by recently, I mean the last twenty years. Really, yeah, there's, well, there's a about, whole controversy around like not controversy, but like debate around yeah, like if he was blacklisted, if there's mm-hmm. a, he, he has been not in the public eye for quite a while. Yes, and I remember seeing interviews with him. Like maybe in the like early 2010s where I'm like, oh, my God, Brendan Fraser, like I haven't seen him forever. And so this is kind of his return, his big return to the big screen. And people, I'm not sure if they loved this movie or if they just loved him, but they gave a six minute standing ovation for this film. And Aronofsky singles out Brendan Fraser and brings him to the front and everybody just goes nuts. And of course, Brendan breaks down crying because I think that this... I don't think people understand how important this stuff is to these types of people who were on the top of the world for a while. And I don't think he needs that status. I think that he just wants to be respected as like the actor that he is. Yeah. And I think this role is going to do it. Um, I I loved it. Yeah. (laughs) I get the very sense um, from a lot of his emotion around uh, a lot of stuff because he also did um, no said moves last year Mm -hmm. or no said move last year with, um, Soderbergh, uh, he's going to be in Scorsese's new film, Killers of the Flower mm-hmm. Moon. I really get the vibe, and I think we might have talked about this already, but I really get the vibe that he kind of was like, my career is over. Like, I I'm think like, so. I'm going to float around in little stuff here and there, which he did. You know, he was in a couple little shows here and there. Um, mm-hmm. But you get the vibe that he was like, I'm not, like, I'm never hitting mummy level quality or george of the i read an article the other day that was like george of the jungle star brendan fraser and i'm like that's oh, your go-to that's george the of the one? Ju- that's your go-to brendan fraser movie <laughs> i mean i guess but the mummy um yeah you know <laughs> anyway but yeah so i feel like he really thought his career is over and i think the fact that he's not only making a comeback but making a comeback as i don't want this to sound mean but as like a a high tier actor. Yes. As a legitimate, like high tier quality, strong actor is just like all of his dreams coming true again. Yes. And I can't wait to see this movie. I mean, Aronofsky, we were talking about this off pod. Aronofsky. Divisive. Hit or or miss. (laughs) Hit or miss. Either like big hit or like, whoa, miss. Yeah. Um, those but it depends on who you industry are. Industry terms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just feel like I'm so excited. I feel like I am having the same reaction as everyone of like, I'm so excited to just see him again because he is like, you know, he was around for all that stuff, especially when I was like coming up and to see him getting another chance and getting getting a standing ovation at the Telluride film festival is just so satisfying. And so like just fills your heart with joy for him. So yes. um, Yeah. That was the main thing, man. I watched the clip and I'm like, wow, because this is a guy that, I mean, again, I was watching interviews from the early 2000s or the early 2010s. And when people would say, you know, I love you in these movies, like even in like weird, like Encino man and like, like, and he was (laughs) just like, really? Like, I don't think, I think once he left the public eye, that was it. Like, no one was like, where's Brendan? Because I don't think he had made it yet to the point where people are like, where's this A-lister? I think he was almost there, and then things happened. So I think, like, he didn't understand that people liked him as an actor. 
and to see this, like he really, I've seen tons of just like, like personal interviews with him on this and on like for the, um, the DC show that he was on and people mm-hmm. being like, we love Doom you. Patrol, yeah. Yeah. Doom Patrol. Like, where have you been? And just seeing his genuine reaction to being like, we love you. It just, it both warms and breaks my heart to be like, this dude has been going through it for 20 years thinking yeah. that like nobody thought he was a good actor. And in reality, it's like, no, everybody's like Brendan Fraser. I've never heard anyone be like, we hate Brendan Fraser. Like yeah. he's just, he's just good. And I can't wait to see this movie. Again, yeah. Aronofsky's not my fave. Sometimes his movies are really hard to get through, but I will be there opening yeah. night because I can't wait to see well, this movie. And like, we will get into this as we get further into the year but i'm like in my opinion having not even seen this just from the reaction i'm hearing this is high on the oscar nom list yes like the, like there's no knock on wood i don't want to jinx it but like i feel yeah. like there's no way that he doesn't at least pull a nomination from this definitely we oh. were saying off pod like there's we're starting to get more trailers from all the major contenders and stuff but i'm like i can't think of any other actor male actor performance from this year that's gonna come close to like the noise not noises are wrong but the like i don't know what i'm saying the the reception <laughs> yeah the momentum is what i'm looking for that's like mm-hmm. coming off of the reactions to this film then i'm like I, this is the he's warmth, already the warm- like uh, a major contender and like reception come out yet we don't even know like yeah. we've never seen we haven't seen, i've seen one still and i'm like in let's go so it bodes well and the people at film festivals they don't just give a standing ovation for anything like yeah. if it sucks they walk out and boo you know yeah. so if it sucks um, they walk out half an hour in yeah exactly uh so i'm i'm ready for this man i'm ready i'm happy for him i hope this all goes well um and I'm also looking for more another Aronofsky movie. It's been a minute, so also cool. Uh, Say they sink in yes. this. Um, yes. Uh, uh, Max from Stranger, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which may be her first movie role potentially. Even though I guess you could say they like the two every episode uh, of Stranger I, Things season I, I four think was so, a movie. Yeah. I mean, short of like a couple smaller things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Fear Street, I guess. Okay. Uh well, you know. All, th- but well, like, all three of those, but yeah, like, yeah, um, not not a Darren Aronofsky level <laughs> yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow! So the whale, guys, keep a lookout. I'm not sure when it's coming out, but I can't wait to see it. Um, so that was the good news. The I don't want to say bad news, but I also don't want to say like good news. There's news around uh, Olivia Wilde's <laughs> "Don't Worry, Darling," and if you've been online at all in the past. 48 hours well i guess way longer week and a half uh you've seen what's going on and a lot of this is speculation but i'll break down generally Uh, yeah real quick december 9th the whale for the whale yes okay okay december movie yeah interesting keep it in the year for the oscar nom sorry continue back to back to olivia wilde so olivia wilde you know her from tons of movies and also Booksmart. She's a really talented actress and a seemingly really talented director, although we've only seen really one effort from her. And I, I love Booksmart. I think it's one of the better movies of the of the decade. But Don't Worry Darling has been shrouded in controversy ever since I believe they really kind of wrapped shooting. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with Harry Styles. Florence Pugh. Well, I think even before that, because there was controversy with Shia LaBeouf as well. 
Well, so that was the thing that I wasn't aware of until after. So Shia, oh my God, this whole thing is so strapping, <laughs> so crazy. <sighs> so realistically, Shia LaBeouf was cast in the Harry Styles role, and then was we're not sure because it's all hearsay. He says that he left. People say that he was fired because he was making people uncomfortable. Because guess what? He's allegedly a weirdo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go watch Bernthal, John Bernthal's podcast, kind of on him, because it's very telling of where he is as a person. I'm not a big Shia fan in terms of his personality. Yeah. Brings on Harry Styles, and what we know is that Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles started dating. I don't want this to be like a tea podcast, but it's what it is right now. Um, they started to date, and then the Jason Sudeikis of it all, and she gets served papers at the very first Comic-Con. Yeah. And so it's one of those things. And then Florence Pugh doesn't do any promotion. She starts promoting Barbie before yep. she starts promoting Don't Worry Darling. Barbie is literally a year away. Like Still shooting, before, as I recall. Yeah. Still shooting, definitely. It's not out till next September, so that's where we're at. Um, and has neglected to do red car- carpet press. She was on the red carpet for it at Telluride. Mm-hmm. Didn't do any press. Yeah. So there's something going on there. And at this point, <laughs> the controversy around the filming... Because there's also a video of Olivia Wilde begging Shia LaBeouf to come back to the shoot, even though technically he was the reason that he had to leave because he was making Florence Pugh uncomfortable. This is all hearsay. I have no idea. Yeah. But the controversy surrounding this film has completely overshadowed any kind of impact that this movie is going to make when it lands, which is kind of a huge bummer because I was, this was, I think think my runner up for my most anticipated mm-hmm. movies of the year or maybe no i think it was on was it it was either this or Babylon. it was on it was one list. of those two i, we, I think it was on my like, list as well we, we talked about uh samaritan on <laughs> I know. Two, and, and we were we have to look up these lists i know uh but i was very i'm still looking forward to it but i was really like this could be amazing this could be amazing and I mean, the reviews came out from Telluride. People are not, I'm not going to tell you the exact score, but people are not enthused about it. Yeah. But how? what do you do when you have something that's shrouded in only controversy between actors? Like, well, what do you do? Here's the thing is like, it might help. Will it though? It might help. Like, it might help on its opening weekend where people are like, I got to go see gotta go this see movie it. and yeah. see all the controversy. But the conversation afterwards is going to be nothing but like, yeah, you can totally tell that Florence Pugh and Olivia... Uh, Wild. Wild. Sorry, head bun in my head. <laughs> uh, you can totally tell that Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde like, hate each other or like, oh my God, like Harry Styles is like crazy and like, oh man, poor Chris Pine, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be the conversation. It's not going to be anything to do with the actual movie, which is like... Yeah. Sucks. Um, yes. Yeah. I, it's it like... It's an interesting thing to examine in terms of what like impact this kind of stuff has on movies, like yeah. the impact beyond just like, you know, like, yeah, are like more people going to go see it opening weekend and then it's word of mouth is going to spread that it sucks and right. that'll be it. You know, right. does this impact Olivia Wilde's unnamed Spider-Man movie that's coming? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Or Spider Woman, 
it's going to be spider woman definitely uh, yeah you know like is that have an impact on that like is this like you know are is harry styles not going to like work again after his disastrous interviews at at telluride like look him up know, folks my god yeah i mean it's not that he won't work again like he is he's harry styles. harry styles um, he'll be okay <laughs> but i mean he is in the like beginnings of like a budding film career that could just not happen now exactly because it's just being so all of this is just being so poorly received but also just like executed yeah like it's it's crazy it's the tabloid circuit before anything has even been known about this film, which is just not the right yeah. way to do it. And and also, knowing that Shia was supposed to play Harry Styles' part is not a good thing because undoubtedly Shia LaBeouf is a better actor than yeah. Harry Styles is, like, without question. And Well, so, and it, like, it, it raises the thing of, like, and I don't know the exact timelines on this, but is it... You know, did Shia LaBeouf quit and then Olivia Wilde was like, oh, I'll cast my boyfriend. Right. You like know. the timeline of offense. Yeah. Oh, he and wants so, to be an actor. Let, let me put him in this yeah. huge movie and then. Let's see what happens. And then he has then to it blows do up. press about it. And I, I want Florence Pugh and Chris Pine to come out of this unscathed. I think that they're going to do really well. They've never let me down in a role. I think arguably Florence Pugh's doing pretty good about it. Everything I see oh, yeah. is like, oh, she's girl. thriving. Yeah, she is thriving. She's she's in all of these photos, but just on her own yeah. with all of these beautiful dresses and outfits on. And like it, she's she's doing the thing. And I love it because she is. Yeah, she's an amazing is an yeah. amazing actor. Um, I, Dude, this is messy. This is messy and it yeah. sucks because this movie, good or not, is kind of dead on arrival. Yeah. You know? And that's just not what you want. Like, it's, this could have been all kept under wraps, guys. Yeah. Like, why was this? Wh- why do we know anything about the production of this film? Yeah. Why? Who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. every movie has controversy. Every movie has issues. That's just a given. Did we have to know about this? Well, I, I wonder if it's like, it's just, it's that bad that it's boiled over. You know what I mean? I know. That it's just like, I will say, uh, Chris Pine's rep came out and said that uh, Harry Styles did not spit on him <laughs> at the, uh, this is how insane this has gotten. Like there yes. was this whole video going around of Harry Styles walked up to Chris Pine and like spit on him and sat down yeah. next to him. And I'm like, that's like, seems- I saw that and I was like, that's exactly what that looked like. But I it don't looks believe like- that he's that like douchey of a person that like, no. You know what level That's, you have to be at to be like, I'm just going to go up and spit on this person in front in of public. a thousand cameras. <laughs> and someone who like, it's Chris Pine. Who has a beef with Chris Pine? Like, like I've never heard anybody yeah. have a bad word against him. And yeah. if anybody in this entire thing seems innocent, it's definitely him. He's yeah. just kind of He's like, for the I'm ride. in this. I'm going to get through this and then yeah. go home. <laughs> We're going to be done with it. So, I mean, you're right. This definitely drummed up attention for this movie. It's not the right kind of attention, but... I'm curious to see like what people's read on it actually is having seen it. Yeah. Cause I, I and I want to be like, what do you think about this? Don't t- talk to me about the controversy. Yeah. What was, how was the writing? How was the direction? How were the performances? But I don't know if people can but that separate won't be the that. story. It's yeah. the same. It's the same kind of thing <sighs> we talked about with the Oscar slap of like the story is not the Oscars anymore. The story is a slap. Like, mm-hmm. you know, do people remember Coda one? No, no. 
They remember Will Smith and Chris Rock. People do still people, do people remember Questlove's speech? Right. No. Nope. Yeah. It. It's a I bummer. I'm getting this all mad about sells. that again. I know. <laughs> um, <sighs> so I get, yeah. and like, it's one of those. I'm. Um, I think we haven't reached the end of the drama. No. Like, I think Telluride is over at this point. Mm-hmm. But this movie. Uh, this movie comes out in three weeks, and there's a lot of a lot of press to be done uh, in three weeks before a movie comes out. I know. And who is going to be present on that press run? <laughs> who won't be present on that press run? God, I that like that's like a legit question because I'm like I would bet money that Harry Styles doesn't go out there again. <laughs> it's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine if Chris it's Pine Jason just has to carry the promos for this movie for the next three weeks? And he's just like on Kimmel going like, yep, it's, it's, it's Chris Pine and Gemma Chan. And they're like, we can't say <laughs> <Gemma> anything. Chan, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be good. Go see it. <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to this movie still. We'll, we'll see. We'll see in a couple weeks, guys. I'll definitely be seeing it. So, <laughs> uh, Fun fact. Here's yes. something for you. Uh, Don't Worry Darling, shot by um, Matthew Labatique. Oh. Libatique. Mm-hmm. Who also shot The Whale. Big year for this guy. Who, oh, well, no. He's he's huge. Also shot Iron Man. Also shot... Oh. Um, <laughs> like, he shoots... Shot Black Swan. He shoots all of Aronofsky oh. stuff. Um, it's a big career for this guy. Okay. Yeah, he's... Like, look him up. He's like... His actual filmography could rival some of the top cinematographers. I'd say he's one of the top cinematographers out there. But hey, tie in. I'll bet he had a wonderful tell your eye just like going like what he's feeling both sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's like, dude, I just I just work the camera, set up the shots. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Originally, and the movie or, looks beautiful. Originally so. shot pie for Aronofsky. Oh, back in the day. oh yeah. So put and, him up with you know yeah. Greg Frazier and Hoyta and you yeah. know all the yeah, classics. Look him up on IMDb. It's it's crazy. All right. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, that'll be that. That will be that. Let's uh, let's do some <laughs> recommendations here. Let's do it. Um, we have a special. Oh, she's already made an appearance. Um, no, this is misleading. Now she's not making an appearance. Uh, I was going to say she's going to come in and, and introduce <laughs> it. Or uh, my wife Jessica Fimble, Jessica Fimble Willis. Uh, has given us a prompt for our recommendations this year. Yes. Year. This week. <laughs> Talking too much. We've hit that point where I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying. I know. Um, and it actually kind of ties in well with our Emmy conversation there. And the prompt is TV shows that should have been movies. Yes. Which is an interesting direction to go because there's plenty of movies that could be great TV shows. Yes. No Marvel evolved nope. DQ'd because obviously Hawkeye should have been a movie. Kenobi um, should have been a movie. Kenobi should have been a movie. Um, yeah. So I'm going to tee this off to you first. And I also have a recommendation for my lovely wife uh, as well. So, okay. Okay. Is Jess's going to go last? Jess's will go last. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm realizing now that while this is technically a recommendation, it's a recommendation with a caveat because this show I loved the first season of. They only got one season because, mm-hmm. of course, it should have been a movie. 
it was a show from the early two or it was probably 2011 and it's a show called the river which i don't okay. know that you've heard of i because don't believe i have it is a found footage horror show created and directed by Oren Pelly. And anybody who knows Paranormal Activity knows that Oren Pelly is the creator of Paranormal Activity. <laughs> um, All right. This was produced by Pelly and produced by Jason Blum, Blumhouse creator, mm-hmm. right in their heyday of like, we're doing it. You know, we're doing the big thing. And basically follows a crew of adventurers and explorers going to try and track down one of their fathers who happened to be like a TV personality who was shooting like a, a special on the Nile and disappeared. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was the Nile. It's weirdly good from what I can recall. I haven't seen it in probably 10 years, but from what I remember... Okay. I watched every episode as it aired. I was so into this show because I'm I'm like the guy who's like, yeah, you know, Apollo 18 where there's ghosts on the moon found footage, sure. You know, Chernobyl Diaries <laughs> where there's ghosts in Chernobyl found footage, sure. Bring it on, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm that I'm that guy, so this falls right right into my exact uh, camp here. Okay. Um, but I I was a big fan. It was really really intriguing. The found footage-ness of the whole thing was unique because they had to do it when they were on a boat on the water the whole mm-hmm. time. Like, it's one of those... It's very interesting, the way that they shot it and created all the scares. Um, and this is a major spoiler, so if you want to watch the show, don't listen to the next 15 yeah. seconds. But Skip ahead. The, exactly. The final shot from the... This stuck with me. The final shot of the entire show was like a shot going up from the boat all the way up so you can see the layout of the river. Mm-hmm. And then you just see the river changing. Oh. So like they're stuck there forever. And I was like, that, season two, let's go. Obviously, it never got greenlit for a season two. But I'm like, this would have been such a That's good wild. contained yeah. movie, you know? Yeah. Um. So there it is. The river, I believe you can watch it on AMC or uh, ABC's like service currently. Sure. I think it's on there. ABC Live uh, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy watch if you're into this type of thing, but it was, you know, I was I was really into this. Bruce Greenwood is in it. He plays the Explorer, you know, classic. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just, it would have worked so well as a 90-minute movie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. would have been perfect, perfect. And arguably could have been easier line. to green light to a sequel. Exactly. Even if you a... didn't do a sequel, just like yeah. give me this as a movie and not having to tune in every week for half hour special. <laughs> like that's just one of those things. So the river is my recommendation for this week. If any of you watch it, please tell me. I've never like met another person who's even heard of this. So <laughs> there it is. And uh, what is your recommendation this week? Will? So my recommendation uh, is a show I watch going through this. I like, came across a lot of shows that I was like, Ooh, I feel like that, but I haven't watched that. Like I, this made me really realize how many shows that I really want to watch that I just haven't watched any of. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Sad, sad. But this is one that I did watch. It's a recent show. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, like past three years recent. Yeah. Like pandemic recent. Yeah. Oh, it's a recent show that's no longer, no longer on the air. Um, But, Something that I loved, I watched every episode. I like really, really dug it. But like the more I was just thinking about it, I'm like, I don't. So the show is from two thousand. It ran from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty two. It's called Space Force. Let's 
I love this show. I love Space Force. It's so good. And the reason I'm saying it should have been a movie is because I think back, and this was like earlier this year Mm. was the second season came out. I think back, there's like two, maybe three points that I actually really remember. There's the episode with the dog where they're trying to get the dog or the monkey in space to Mm -hmm. like flip a switch, which is absolutely top tier comedy and hilarious. There's it's good to be black on the moon. Yep. Which is hilarious. And then I remember Patton Oswalt's character of the guy who's been shipped to Mars, but his program has been canceled. Yes. Like when his daughter walks in, it's like, can you just (laughs) eat Doritos into the mic so I can hear them? (laughs) hilarious so good hysterical greg daniels top tier stuff genius but the thing the caveat i'll put on space force is the whole concept of it is like a knock on the idea that space force is a real thing yes and like once you get past that initial like this is fucking real how fucking funny is that it becomes right. very much more of like a here's your kind of standard, more standard uh, TV show structure. Totally. Kind of thing that I'm like, I feel like you could have made this a solid two hour, two and a half hour movie, cut out mm-hmm. a lot of it. That Like, I again, I don't like uh, several months out. I'm like, I don't really remember. I know there's a whole thing with the daughter, but I don't really remember it. Um, yeah. I think you could have made this a really tight two hour script mm-hmm. that like just was the beginning like even just the first season that like the creation of space force to landing on the moon um and it would have been hilarious you could have locked down all the same talent you know because the talent yes. on this was incredible mm-hmm. um and i just feel like it would be a solid solid film that directly like was of its time that made fun of that moment in that moment that's that's a great i that didn't even cross my mind, but that's a cheat. That's great. I came, I, great. I thought of it earlier and I was like, all right, I got to find something else. And I kept coming back to it. So it makes so much sense though, because it, it, it honestly turned into one of those shows that I flip on when I'm going to sleep because I've seen both seasons a couple times. Now yeah. where I'm just like, I just love these characters, yeah. but you're right. Like this is as soon as the whole space force thing goes away. Like who even knows it's a what workplace this drama. Is. Yeah. And I mean, it, it it's great. Daniels. It's what he does the best. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's top endless top tier talent, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, I, I feel man. like I would just love space force. The movie, give me space force. The movie now. Why not Netflix? Yeah. You're throwing 200 mil yeah. at the gray man. We won't greenlit a $20 million space force movie. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Um, but so that's mine. Genius. Um, and then I will say I will give Jess's uh, yeah. recommendation for this. Her recommendation uh, was a 2019 TV show that she I asked her for her whole thing and she put a, a qualifier on it that she hasn't watched the second season of this yet. So maybe. that's OK. Uh, but it's a show from 2019 called Russian Doll. I've heard about this show. I've heard that this is with Natasha Leone, um, who is amazing in it. It's, it's really good. It's really interesting. It's very, um, groundhog day. Oh, Um, that's why I know she, yeah, she like, she goes to a birthday party. I believe it's a birthday party. Um, Mm -hmm. and then ends up dying and returning to the same moment again and again and again. 
Um, it is you. very much Groundhog Day, but it's grittier, New York, modern, mm-hmm. etc. Um, yeah. And really interesting, but it does kind of like the loops get a little like repetitive repetitive and like it could have been a tight like and it, it wouldn't have been a tight 90 minute movie but it would have been a tight like 2 two fifteen something like yeah. that yeah like a like a not a reboot but like a reimagining yeah. of Groundhog Day type of deal yeah yeah okay and again like you know they may I haven't seen the second season either so they may have thrown that whole thing out the window and it's crazy yeah but, <laughs> uh, on my big list of things I haven't watched but never ending list yeah yeah that's a good one. Yeah. Hell yeah. So okay, Russian Jess, doll. Jess Will Jess Fimble Willis's uh first recommendation on Pixel Splitters. Yes. Yes. If these were all movies, I would add hers to our list, but they're not. So yeah, true. <laughs> our true. letterbox list, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Nice. So there you go. Three recommendations for you. Are these recommendations? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. If you Space want Space something- Force, the River, and Russian Doll, they're all vi- they're all quality enough that we watch them all. You true, know? <laughs> true. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's bring you home, Josh. Yeah. We're getting a little long here. Uh, yes. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet on Twitter at joshfuller33. Fuller is spelt with no e. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J Fuller. Uh, Letterboxd, you can find all of my weekly viewings. And where can people find you, Willis? Uh, you can find me on the internet, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Letterboxd, at Willis Film. And if you want to find the podcast in itself, you can find us on Instagram at Pixel Splitters, on Twitter at Pixel Split Pod, and on Letterboxd at Pixel Splitters, where you can find all of our recommendations, except kind of the ones we just said, because they don't really yes. do TV. Yes. Um, <laughs> so... There you go. Um, there you go. Emmys this weekend. Emmys guys? this well Monday or next week, I guess. Yeah, technically. next Monday. It's a weird date for the Emmys, but I know. Watch them. <laughs> appreciate TV. What a golden yes. age we're still in. Somehow, mm-hmm. um, it's been like twelve years now since I I I count Breaking like Bad as the the kickoff of like the oh yeah the modern yeah, and I guess we're like yeah, fourteen we're years guy. out from the beginning True. of Breaking Bad. True. Which is True. That is actually wild. Good stuff, though. Good stuff yeah. all around. Cool, man. All right. Cool. Well, uh, as always, I will talk to you next week. And uh, yes. end of pod. <laughs>